0: Hi, you're listening to Square Two, a podcast building upon Square One, the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, as taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here you will find insightful LDS thought concerning the important issues of the world today. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Today's episode features an article entitled Developing a Primary Lesson on Black LDS History by Melissa Anyway published in Square 2, Volume 11, Number 2, and read by Sean Canney. To view Melissa's lesson on Black LDS history, please visit her article on square2.org. As a mother of Latter-day Saint children in the 21st century, it is important to me to teach my children about the evil that is racism, including racism within our own church history. In a world filled with toxic falsehoods about how one group of people is better or worse than other people, I want my children to cling firmly to the truth that all are alike unto God. 2 Nephi 26.33 It might be interesting for some people to know that I'm a woman of color myself, and my kids are mixed race. My mother is Chinese-American, my father is Japanese-American, and my husband is Canadian-American. But the point is that in far too many situations, Latter-day Saints treat racism as a rights issue, a political issue, or a problem that brown and black people sometimes have. But racism is a righteousness issue. It is a gospel issue. It is a problem with which all of us must struggle. In particular, the ugly presence of racism within our collective history as Latter-day Saints is an ongoing source of pain and doubt. The way to heal and find faith is not to ignore this difficult history, but to acknowledge it and learn from it. I therefore developed a lesson for primary age children about the unrighteousness of racism. The lesson accompanies this article, for I hope others will find it useful, and it includes not only a lesson text, but also a song and some activities. I test drove this lesson in late June 2018, with about ten kids ages three through twelve, in the classroom adjacent to the church history library in Salt Lake City, where the black history documents were on display. The kids seemed to enjoy the lesson. They laughed to think that someone could believe that the color of someone's skin, like the hairiness of someone's eyebrows, could make them good or bad, polite or rude. They enjoyed singing the song. Some of the older kids helped make up the actions. They particularly liked jumping when they came to the word Jane. When I read the racist quote they quickly put their thumbs down they could recognize the harmfulness of it right away this made me happy if I had more time at the end I would have asked them to role play situations when someone at school used a racial slur or a similar situation this lesson is not a perfect one size fits all solution even after many revisions including corrections suggested by black latter-day saints who know this history well it fails to capture the faith of pioneers like Elijah Abel and Jane Manning James. Nevertheless, we urgently need to start teaching these stories to our children. Black Mormon history shouldn't be discussed in academic Mormon history circles only. Stories like young Jane Manning and her siblings walking until their shoes wore out and calling on God for help should be as familiar as the stories of Mary Fielding Smith and her sick ox, or the young men who carried people across the icy river. This lesson is an attempt to begin to integrate these important, complex, redemptive stories into our children's education about what it means to be a Latter-day Saint. By important, I mean that black Latter-day Saints played a fundamental role in building Zion. Elijah Abel, for example, was a missionary and carpenter. His spiritual and physical legacy both remain with us today. By complex, I mean that these histories contain both beauty and ugliness in abundance. Jane Manning James's plea, Is there no blessing for me? is unforgettable for its faith and pain in the midst of racism. In order to help kids grow up with a healthy, mature faith in the age of the internet, they need to root their faith not in the illusion of perfect leaders or a flawless track record, but in Christ, who guides, teaches, corrects, and heals. A church with a history of racism is a church in which the atonement matters. This is what I mean by redemptive. We cannot atone for a sin that we have not realized we committed. Far from being subversive or edgy, being candid about our collective faults and mistakes is at the heart of the restored gospel. It is as simple as the steps of repentance, acknowledging the wrong, seeking to make amends, and never repeating the sin. On June 9, 2017, reflecting on the legacy of racism within our church's history, Felicia Ray Jimenez, a black Latter-day Saint woman in Philadelphia, said, We cannot begin to move forward until the amount of talks countering racism given today outweigh and outnumber the racist talks that were given in the past. Racist speech in church history is not limited to talks over the pulpit, but includes lessons for children and youth, such as the series Man and His Varieties in The Juvenile Instructor. This magazine, published and circulated within the church for decades in the late 19th and early 20th century, was like a combination of today's friend and new era. In 1958, the Apostle Mark E. Peterson described it as, quote, one of the very potent child instruction magazines of our early days. Growing up in my home, he said, the juvenile instructor was the one magazine that I read and that my parents read to me, end quote. In his recent lecture at the University of Utah, Darius Gray, a prominent black Latter-day Saint, read a blatantly racist excerpt from The Man and His Varieties series published in the Juvenile Instructor in eighteen fifty eight. An article from this series egregiously invoked God to justify racism. It described black people as quote, the race whose intellect is the least developed, whose advancement has been the slowest, and who appear to be the least capable of improvement of all people. The hand of the Lord appears to be heavy upon them, dwarfing them by the side of their fellow men in everything good and great. End quote. This vacuous rhetoric formed the beginnings of a huge hole that racist discourse would leave on the construction side of Zion. We have a lot of filling in to do. This lesson is an attempt to throw a few shovelfuls where it really counts, under the foundation of our children's faith. Teaching children about the contributions and good examples of black Latter-day Saints and teaching children to recognize the toxicity of racist rhetoric and ideas will both help protect our children from being deceived by the harmful, hateful, and false messages of the world and give them tools to proactively help heal and preach the truth. Teaching about racism within church history in a believing, supportive setting will also help children develop resilient living faith. A testimony whose foundation includes understanding of true events and actual historical records, even though the story of these events and records tell is complex and sometimes unsettling, is a testimony that is built upon a rock. I have worked hard to choose the words for this particular lesson to be helpful and not inadvertently hurtful. The black Latter-day Saint women who kindly gave their time to look over this lesson and make suggestions has vastly improved it. However, any remaining errors are mine alone. The point is, no one can change the world with a single lesson. But if we start including black Latter-day Saints in the histories we teach our children, since these histories are indeed part of our collective past, and keep working on doing it better and more frequently, we will start to fill in this hole that racism has left on the construction site of Zion and prepare the ground for a better future. This has been a recording of Developing a Primary Lesson on Black LDS History by Melissa Inouye, originally published in Square 2, Volume 11, Number 2, Summer of 2018, and read by Sean Canney. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and website are credited, and it is used for non-commercial use. If you would like to read a printed version of this and other articles on Mormon thought, please visit square2.org. That's S-Q-U-A-R-E-T-W-O dot O-R-G. Thank you for listening.